Being in business is stressful when you're wearing all the hats and trying to figure out everything on your own. Does having someone to guide you and having access to your own team of designers, content creators and web support sound too good to be true? What if I told you it's available to you right now? Join me at samanthariley.global forward slash collective to join the Experts Collective and get the strategy and support you need to take your business to six figures this year. That's samanthariley.global forward slash collective. I'll see you there. LinkedIn wants you to generate leads. That's what a lot of people don't realize. LinkedIn wants you to generate leads and connect with people. And the more personality you're able to bring across and people can connect with you and understand who you are, then the better you're able to build those relationships. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Jason. It's great to have you joining me today. Hey, Samantha. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Your accent. Let's just like start nice, clean slate. I feel that your accent is a little confused. Can you share us? Can you share with us where you're actually from? Because I can hear everything in your accent. <laughs> yes, my accent is confused. I'm originally from Houston, Texas. I moved to the Republic of Ireland on the west coast of Ireland near Galway about 16 years ago. And then I live in the north of England now. I moved over here about 11 years ago. So most people usually don't even say I'm American. They usually say I'm Canadian or Australian or South African or Irish or God knows what. So I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thanks for sharing. Now you are a plane crash survivor. Now you impact companies around the globe. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, about how you got to be doing what you do and what it is that you actually do by, you know, when you're impacting companies around the globe. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, when I was living in Texas, this was about 19 years ago, I was on a uh, little Cessna twin engine prop plane. Uh, we were flying from Houston to a little town called Clean, Texas, and we were looking at uh, a, like a, a youth facility that we were wanting to kind of uh, tour, look around because we were wanting to build one up uh, and, and where we were in Houston as well. And uh, yeah, we ended up crashing. Uh, both engines died in the air and mm-hmm. we crashed into a house and me and one other guy survived. One of my friends and, and three of my other friends passed away. So there was five of us uh, in total on, on the plane. Yeah, so that was 19 years ago. And I talk about it whenever people ask uh, and try to use that as a, as a uh, talking point to get people talking around things. And, and uh, I've always really been big on impact. I've, ever since I was a teenager, I, I've known that I've wanted to help people and impact people in one way or another. And um, obviously, uh, that was in my early 20s when that plane crash happened and took me a bit of time to recover from all that and kind of get through all the mental kind of aspect of it as well. And then uh, a few years later, I ended up 
moving to Ireland, as I said, and uh, I had always been very entrepreneurial. Uh, I had my first business when I was 20 and all that kind of stuff. So when I moved to Ireland, I was looking for a business to start up as entrepreneurs do. <laughs> and um, I was really intrigued with this whole online world. The industry as a whole, as you know, is still very, very young, but particularly 16 years ago, like it was real wild, wild west days back then. Mm, and mm -hmm. I, but I was really intrigued by the whole thing. So I thought, well, how do I start up an online business? What do I even do? And I thought, well, I've always really wanted to have more impact on people. So why don't I train up, train up as a life coach, which was kind of the thing to do 16 mm -hmm. years ago. And I guess still is, mm -hmm. but it was, it was really life coaching was kind of that new thing where everyone's like, what's a life coach. Isn't that for like weird people? <laughs> uh, it's become much more acceptable now, mm -hmm. but I trained up as a life coach and had no idea what I was doing in terms of marketing myself online. Um, but within 18 months, I built up an email list of 9,000 people. I was coaching people in 13 countries, having loads of fun doing all that sort of stuff. And one of my mentors said, Hey, you should start teaching people how to do this stuff. I was like, do what? Like all, all, the, all the online marketing. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I've only been doing it for like 18 months or 24 yeah, months. Yeah, making it up as I go along. Yeah, like I was still, I was so new with, with all of it. But but I took their advice and it transitioned over into that. And so over the last kind of 12 years or so, that's what I've been doing in one form or another uh, is helping people with their online marketing, uh, running some online businesses uh, myself and doing all that. And then transitioned into LinkedIn as kind of my main focus over the last few years, which has been fun. And we've been able to, you know, travel many places and obviously work with just tons of people around the globe as well, doing all that. So my big thing is impact. You know, how can, how can I help impact people, whether that's in their business or life or coaching them through, through LinkedIn to get more business to impact more people. So that's, that's my whole thing. <laughs> mm. And as course, you know, coaches, course creators as experts, that's why we all do what we do. It's to impact more people. I think that at the core of every coach, that's why we do what we do. This episode is made possible by your podcast concierge. Editing your podcast can be time consuming. Your podcast concierge offers comprehensive and affordable podcast production and social media marketing services to help you grow your podcast and business faster. Go to yourpodcastconcierge.com and book a call via the Let's Talk button on the homepage and receive 50% off your first month when you mention Thought Leaders Business Lab. We are going to talk today about creating um, leads from LinkedIn without being spammy or paying for ads. And I really want to make without being spammy super bold because yeah. I feel that there is just like as on any platform, there's a lot of spam, spammy, yucky, horrible messages on LinkedIn. Um, as a platform, I think it gets a pretty bad rap. There's a lot of people that don't even like to be there. Tell us about why we want to be on LinkedIn. Let's start there. Why do we want to be in LinkedIn, especially when people are, are you know, writing it off and saying it's such a spammy platform? Yeah. Well, first of all, the LinkedIn, it, it is a phenomenal platform to be on. And I know that it has particularly over the last 18 months, um, the uh, the kind of perspective that people have on LinkedIn has changed a little bit, uh, a little bit in a negative way, uh, because 
we couldn't go. We couldn't travel. We couldn't meet people the way <laughs> the way we've been able to meet people usually um, over over these last eighteen months. And so there are a lot of people went on LinkedIn because it's a it's a business platform. It's a networking platform, mm-hmm. and a lot of people were using automation tools, which we can talk a little bit more about in, in a little bit. And they were incorrectly using them. I'm not a massive fan of automation tools when you're just reaching out to people and spamming people. But LinkedIn is still a phenomenal platform, and if you do it right. It's actually more beneficial for for you because you stand out amongst the crowd of spammers. Mm. And I get so many responses back from LinkedIn just saying, I've responded back to you just because you're different. Like, you know, you just you didn't spam me and all this sort of stuff. So if you use it right, you're actually elevating yourself even higher because mm. you're standing out amongst the crowd. But why LinkedIn? LinkedIn, um, while we look at it as a social media platform, we kind of lump it into that category. The reality is it's not really social media. You know, it's not Facebook and Instagram where we're sitting there putting posts up about what we ate last night and, you know, mm-hmm. pictures of of our holidays. It, it's, it's not that. It's more professional. The frame of mind, the psychology, the mindset that of people when they come onto LinkedIn is different. Mm-hmm. People don't come onto LinkedIn thinking, oh, let me share, you know, my, my latest post of me going out and getting drunk last night. You know, they put that on Facebook and Instagram. When they come onto LinkedIn, they're in the frame of mind of business, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's their role or as a a company owner, whatever it is, they come into that mindset. So when they come onto LinkedIn, they're there to do business, Mm -hmm. which if you can understand that, like if people can grab a hold of that idea, it, it will change your perspective of LinkedIn. Because if you can use it in the right way, to be able to speak to people based on where their business needs are, their challenges, maybe or their roles. Let's say you're not even targeting owners. Maybe it's it's a, a decision maker within a company for their role. You're communicating based on their challenges and pain points with their role as owner or what employee of a company, whatever. You're able to help them, and that's the most powerful thing about LinkedIn. Mm. It's massively growing. Their goal by 2025 is 3 billion users. I don't know if they'll hit that, mm-hmm. but they're they're reaching a billion users now, which is phenomenal. So it's, it's a completely different platform. You're able to go right to the decision makers as well. And you're not having to kind of really weirdly find them through Facebook and Instagram and things like that. And the targeting on LinkedIn is phenomenal as well. Mm. So there's, there's tons of reasons why I love LinkedIn. Okay, let's talk about the profile because I think that's where it all begins. You talk about creating an irresistible profile. What is the difference between an irresistible profile and a bland, boring profile? Yeah. One of the things you said earlier, which is very true, Samantha, you know, as coaches, consultants, we're we want to make an impact. Like that's oftentimes why we're doing what we do. Mm -hmm. It's why I started off as a life coach. And one of the things that I've seen over the last kind of 16 years, because being a life coach, obviously I've worked with tons of life coaches and health coaches and all, you know, anyone within that kind of category. One of the biggest challenges that coaches have is how to market themselves, right? We're really passionate about helping people, but in terms of how do we actually reach our ideal prospects, it's like, well, we can just help 
everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. oftentimes what I hear, right? Mm-hmm. So I ask a coach, so what is it they do and who can help? Well, I can help anybody reach their goals. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, here we go. <laughs> we're we're, 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 we're going to be on, a, on this conversation for a little while now. We've got to <laughs> fine tune this. And, um, and it's great. I understand the enthusiasm of that. The challenge with that, and I always tell my clients, is as soon as you do that, you put yourself into what I call a commodity-based market. Mm-hmm. And a commodity-based market is just something where it's so common, right, that there's so many options around that you, you compete on price, right? Mm-hmm. I, I give, the, I give the, the example, like if you went into an office su- supply store to buy a pen, mm-hmm. there's tons of options, yep. right? And the price ranges aren't that different. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all pretty similar. And most of the time you'll just go, well, you may not choose the cheapest one, but you just kind of go oh, middle range. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, that'll it's, do. You don't even think, yeah, it'll yeah. do. No big deal, right? If you walk into a Mont Blanc store, it's a completely different mindset, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're looking at quality. You're looking at all sorts of different stuff and you're paying a premium price because the positioning of those pins are the same thing. Now they do the same thing. They write mm-hmm. the functions the same, but how their position is very different and they demand a different price. So coaches need to, to learn how to position themselves and move away from this. I can help everybody reach their goals, which mm-hmm. you, there's no way you can effectively communicate that to an ideal prospect. And how do you start fine tuning down to what you do? Mm. So an example around this uh, that I like to use is a personal trainer, right? We either all know a personal trainer or we know where to find one. Mm-hmm. Just go mm-hmm. to the gym. Okay. And they're there. Most personal trainers, same thing. They communicate to everybody. What do you do? I can help you lose weight. I can help you get fit. It's really broad. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in the UK, personal trainers, I'm surprised, uh, no offense to personal trainers, I'm surprised they can survive mm. because when they, when I hear the prices, I'm like, how do you survive? off what you earn, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but if you can transition what you do and frame it in a different way, instead of saying, I can just, I can help anybody lose weight mm-hmm. to, let's say you get really specific to, I help athletes to achieve peak performance in 90 days, mm-hmm. all of a sudden your world changes. Okay. Now your market may not be athletes, but let's say that is now you're specifically able to speak to athletes, problems, challenges, pain points. They're in a different frame of mind. Athletes are in a different frame of mind than New Year's resolutions people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Completely Who are be different. Completely different. They're educated. They Not, not that uh, New Year's resolutions people aren't educated, but in terms of health and what they want to do in their bodies, they're in a completely different mindset education-wise in terms of their caloric intake and all that. They're willing to also pay more because if a personal trainer can help them reach peak performance in 90 days or whatever it is that you're able to do, they're willing to pay more for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now, while you're using the same knowledge as a personal trainer to help a New Year's resolutions people, you're able to use that knowledge to help someone that's willing to pay a lot more because you're able to help them achieve a specific outcome. Mm. So here in the UK, I hear people, personal trainers charging anywhere between kind of 20 pounds a month, all the way up to 80 pounds a month per mm-hmm. client, which is nothing, right? 20 pounds a month. Now I yes. understand. How do they live on that? How? It's yeah. re- I just have no idea. And they put a lot of work into it as well. Yeah. It's like, uh-huh. how do you do that? 
Um, one of my clients that I've, uh, I did a little bit of work with, uh, she lives down in London. She specifically works with C-level executives around their health. Mm-hmm. She charges 300 to 500 pounds a month, depending on which package they go to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's a personal trainer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Same thing, but the, how she's positioned herself makes her be able to charge more. So when you ask the question around your profile, your profile needs to make, sh- you need to make sure that your profile, you're not just saying I'm a coach. Cause when people put in their headline on LinkedIn, oftentimes you'll see life coach or CEO or mm-hmm. owner of uh, life change incorporated, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, what's that mean to me as a prospect, right? So you need to make sure that your profile isn't geared around you which is a big mind shift for a lot of people when they come on LinkedIn, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. traditionally we looked at LinkedIn like a CV platform, resume yeah, platform. Like an online all resume. Yeah. 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 And I don't know about you, Samantha, whenever I'm hiring people, um, my, my, my CV review days are not my most exciting days because CVs are boring to read. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And most people lie on them. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't want to lie on LinkedIn. So, yeah. so it's, so it's about the headline. What about, keywords like we want to clearly articulate who it is that we're trying to communicate to but how important is getting keywords into the headline um keywords is is important but you want to frame that within what you do as much as you can and then if you have some space left over then you can put some of those keywords but you also don't want to keyword stuff it as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay so sometimes i'll see people and they'll just it's just keyword 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 and that looks spammy so the main thing around it is even if you're not able to put all, you know, the, the main kind of keywords that you want to put in there, it's about making sure that your headline reads in a way where it calls out your ideal client and makes them know what the key benefit is that you're able to help them to provide. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the framework we usually use around that is, is I help and you put your target market. Mm-hmm really clear, defined target market to, and then what are you able to help them to achieve? And it's not multiple things. You know, I look around with life coaches. You don't put, you know, I'm a life coach, health coach, business strategist, horse whisperer. It's uh-huh, like, uh-huh. you don't put all that stuff, you know, get really clear what the tangible outcome is in that. Because then when people see that they're able to self-identify and go, cool, that's me. I want that outcome. And then if your pro, the rest of your profile is structured appropriately and correctly, then they're able to understand more around what you do. Mm. I noticed on your profile that you use a lot of emojis and it's not something I've seen on LinkedIn before. Obviously, you like the use of emojis. Can you tell us why you've used those? How does it affect the way people think? Because it is a business platform. I just would love to hear your take on that. Yeah, I don't like emoji, Samantha. I, I, okay. I don't like them. I don't like them at all. Um, but it, it depends on your market, right? Mm-hmm. It depends on um, who your market is. So sometimes emojis could work really well for your platforms, depending on maybe your personality. Uh, you might just say, "No, I hate them." But then the other side is you might say, "Well, even though like me, I don't really like emojis." I get compliments on them. People are like, oh, I like your emojis. And okay, all right, we'll leave them in then. <laughs> but then the other side of it is it depends. Like if you're a solicitor, mm-hmm. right? And you're trying to reach, you know, high-end corporate clients around that, having loads of emojis on there may not look professional. Probably not good for positioning, right? 
Yeah. So it all, it, it, everything is dependent on your industry, your personality, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Nice. Um, the other thing I noticed on your profile, which is really different and I haven't seen ever before, is your use of video in your profile picture. Can you tell us about this? Because this was super cool. Yeah, yeah. So this is a new feature that LinkedIn has rolled out probably four to six weeks ago. It's called a LinkedIn cover story. And someone messaged me the other day and said, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. It looked kind of Harry Potter-ish where all of a sudden the picture starts talking. And I was like, oh, yeah, never thought about that. But um, yeah, so it's really cool. So what, what LinkedIn is trying to do is they're trying to make your profile more interactive where it's moving away from just static you know, images and words to people really being able to understand who you are. Because they, LinkedIn gets it. They, LinkedIn wants you to generate leads. That's what mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize. LinkedIn mm. wants you to generate leads and connect with people. And the more personality you're able to bring across and people can connect with you and understand who you are, then the better you're able to build those relationships. So one that uh, feature is called the LinkedIn profile, uh, sorry, LinkedIn cover story. And what it does um, on your LinkedIn image, uh, if someone has it up there, you'll see like a little orange ring around the profile image. And it does a three second little video preview where Mm -hmm. when someone loads your profile, your image just turns into the video and they just see you kind of talking. They can't hear anything. But when they click on it, the video pops up and you you can upload up to a 30 second video, just introducing yourself, saying a little bit more around what you do. And you can also, you know, well, you can do whatever you want in that 30 seconds. But I usually say introduce yourself say a little bit about what you do, the benefits of, of how you're able to help people, and then a small call to action. You know, So connect with me here on LinkedIn or direct message me here on LinkedIn for us to have a chat. And, and it's a really cool feature, and they're, they're looking at adding more things in like that to be able to have that more interactive mode on there. So. Mm, I loved it. It was so cool. Now, now you say it, it was a bit Harry Potter-ish because I saw it flash across. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, he's talking. Whoa. Yeah. And I can't hear him. What am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. 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 You talk, You just mentioned that LinkedIn does want us to do business here. And I know that LinkedIn is an online networking platform, but just like a normal networking event where we go and, you know, there's someone that shoves a business card in your hand when you haven't asked for it or who starts telling you about their product or starts selling it to you when you haven't even, you, you know, you have no idea who they are. LinkedIn is very much the same. So how do we, you know, if, they, if LinkedIn as a platform wants us to generate leads, and us as a, a LinkedIn user doesn't like people just being super spammy and going, hey, Jason, great to meet you. I'm Sam and this is what I've got to buy. How do we sort of build the bridge here, I guess? Yeah, yeah. Great question. So the main reason why LinkedIn, so uh, about, again, about four to six weeks ago, LinkedIn made a, a massive change in the amount of connection requests that you can send out per week. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't, it was never unlimited, but it was, it was, it was a lot. I mean, the people were sending 100 to 200 connection requests a day mm-hmm. um, through automation tools. As soon as someone accepted the automation tool and then send out this written message to them and it, it was, it was spammy. Mm-hmm. And, and so what I say to people around this is when you're sending out written like direct messages on LinkedIn, no matter the tone of voice that you write it in, it's it's rarely going to be read in that tone of voice, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So you could write something and I might write something and let's say I send it to you, Samantha, I might write it in the tone of voice of, hi, Samantha, it's Jason here. It's great to connect. But you might read it in, hi, Samantha, this is Jason. I just want to sell you, 
mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So that the written message of it is is there's different ways you can message people on LinkedIn, and most people don't even know this. So you can send voice notes, and you also can send video messages mm-hmm. to people on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So one, um, I, I teach a lot around that, uh, but it, it all comes down to how you frame your, yourself and what you do with on LinkedIn. But when you're communicating with people on LinkedIn, don't just send generic sort of uh, connection requests and try to engage with people before you ever send a connection request. Let them know you're actually interested in them. Just like you said, if you're a a traditional face-to-face networking group, if you just shove a card in someone's face, which is kind of that, here, accept my connection request and let me tell you all about what Mm -hmm. I do, right? Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. that kind of thing you're doing. But if, if you're at a networking event, it's usually you kind of walk up to them and say, hey, you know, what's your name? What do you do? There's, a, there's some engagement. There's some interaction there. And then off that, when someone does say, oh, by the way, here's my business card, you're much more willing to accept that because there's been that engagement there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, find ways. And we, we have a whole process around this, but find ways, whether it's com- commenting on a post they've created, they've made or liking or something like that, like that, before you ever even send out a connection request. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because one, when you do then, they will have seen, oh, this person's actually engaged. Like they've, they've, Take the t- taking the time to look at my profile. So it, yeah, it, it's really important. Think about LinkedIn is how you'd want someone to interact with you face to face. And if you can do the same way through LinkedIn, then you're going to see much, much better engagement. So like on the, on average, I see connection acceptance ratios range around 15 to 20%, mm-hmm. which is pretty low. Yeah. Um, we see upwards of 60% acceptance connection ratios on our connection request because of the way we're engaging with people. So you want to make sure you're doing it right. So I'm guessing, and I could be filling in the gaps here, that you're doing some, uh, using the search results, finding your, your ideal clients and having some sort of spreadsheet that you're keeping these people's names on, engaging with them so that you can then go back and connect with them. It's not some accidenti kind of, I'll just engage on whoever's post. No, no. And and um, I was actually speaking to someone uh, the other day who they they were working with some other person that, that uh, was telling them to do stuff on LinkedIn. And that's what they were telling them to do is just <clears throat> randomly go through the feed and comment and like on people's posts. But, but why would you just randomly do that? Mm, you want to be mm-hmm. strategic in what you're doing. So yes, definitely. You want to make sure you're using the search function, a preferably sales navigator. It, it has phenomenal search that you can create on that. You can really hone in on your ideal prospects. And then, yeah, we, we've got a whole tracking with our uh, spreadsheet on how you track everything so that you can keep up to date with all this stuff. So it, there's, there's a strategy to it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if you can work the strategy right while still being a normal human being, <laughs> you know, where people feel like, oh, okay, this person actually cares, mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. makes all the difference in the world. So tell me what's the difference between sales navigator and the normal search function? Like what what extra things are we going to have over and above what we can normally search? Because I feel like the LinkedIn yep. search is pretty good anyway. The, well, the LinkedIn search is decent. It's mm-hmm. definitely, you can definitely go in if you're just wanting to do some some normal searches and, and just generally get some ideas around some stuff, which is good. The normal search on LinkedIn, it doesn't have as many search filters as Sales Navigator does. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple really key things around this. 
one, you don't want to have to do a new search every single time. That gets a little <laughs> yeah. bit uh-huh. redundant. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and I noticed the other day, I need to go back and check because sometimes LinkedIn will change something and, and then they'll bring it back a couple of days later. But I, I recently noticed you can't even save a search on LinkedIn, the normal LinkedIn mm-hmm. anymore, mm-hmm. which even when you could, they made it very difficult for you to find your safe searches. Mm. Um, it was really tough and you can only save two safe searches. So that's one thing within sales navigator, you can save a lot uh, of safe searches on there. And the other key thing around this, this it's really good is that on sales navigator, you're, you're able to narrow down on people that have made a post within the last 30 days. Mm-hmm. On the normal search on LinkedIn, you can't do that. Yeah. So totally. the really cool thing about that is, in, you know, this whole kind of, we want to engage with people who are who are being engaging on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I hear a lot about from other people when they're on LinkedIn is, you know, people just aren't engaging. I'm sending out connection requests. People, you know, it's they're never they never get back to me. And oftentimes it's because. People just aren't LinkedIn aren't aren't on LinkedIn. They'll have a profile, but they may not be have been They're on the platform interact- for yeah, interacting yep. two, three months or years. Uh-huh. So on that feature on Sales Navigator, when you can narrow that down to people who made a post within the last thirty days, you know you're interacting with people that have at least been active in the last thirty days. Mm. So that's something that's really helpful. Um, there's some group search functions as well on um, Sales Navigator that that really help. Plus, there's some other things that you can really narrow down to in terms of like how long someone's been in a particular position, uh, company size. Um, You can really narrow down a lot more in terms of your uh, geographical search. There's there's a lot of additional features in Sales Navigators that's just Mm. phenomenal. Love it. So, we're interacting with people before we reach out, essentially, metaphorically, we're, inter- we're engaging with them before we give them the business card. At what point do we transition from connecting to, you know, saying, hey, do you, like, we've got this thing, do you want to buy it? Like, A, how, how do we make that transition? And, and B, how do we do it without being spammy? Yeah. So the first thing is never try to sell on LinkedIn. It's, it's one of in any platform, to be honest, you know, trying to sell directly on LinkedIn is usually a no-no because that's spammy, right? You're trying mm-hmm. to sell something, particularly if, you know, so like, you know, let's say you're a life coach and you're wanting to have a, a, a prospect hire you as their life coach. Mm-hmm. For them to just buy you from LinkedIn, you're not going to know who they are, what mm. their goals are. Can you actually help help them and what they're looking for? You don't know any of that sort of mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you're not wanting to just, you know, be as cheap as chips as a life coach, you want to be able to get them on the phone and understand what they're looking for so that you can properly position what you do as well. Mm-hmm. So once we have those communications and we're chatting with people, um, you, you want to message them and there's, there's better ways again, other than just the written way of messaging people, but you want to message them and, and look at what their key challenges and pain points are and ask them to get on the phone mm-hmm. in a non-spammy way. So not saying, Hey, this is what we do. This is how amazing we are. We do this, 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 and this, um, you need to jump on a call with me. Here's my booking link, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. really spammy. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you can position yourself in a way say, listen, it's great to connect with you. 
I'd love to learn more about what you do. Um, and, and this is briefly a little bit about what I would do. I'd love to jump on a call, understand a little bit more on how I can potentially help you and how uh, we can potentially work together. Mm-hmm. You know, would you be open to having a call? And there, we, we have a couple of good different scripts around all this kind of stuff for, to help people. Then you're able to move people and transition people. So I have the what I call the leads method that I've developed. And the D part of that's direct and close. So you want to direct people off of LinkedIn onto a phone call so you can have that conversation with them and then move them into the closing part where you're able to move them into having uh, for, to, to, to them being a, a, a client to yours. Mm. So you don't want to try to sell on LinkedIn. That's, mm, mm. that's a big no-no. What's the, um, you talked then about, you know, what's your problem? Because one of the things that I'm absolutely hating right now in my LinkedIn is people just going, so how's business? Because obviously the pandemic and you're just like, oh God, here we go again, the same old question. And who are you? And I don't really want to tell you what's going on in my business right now. So where, where's that balance between, you know, feeling like, because as a, as a user, I feel like I know you're just going to sell to me. You just you just want me to enter into this this dialogue. I don't know. This I, I find this yeah, <laughs> it is. It, that's exactly what it is. It's a trap. Yeah. I don't even know what the question is about this. Do you know no, where I'm going? I, I know exactly where you're going, and it's a great question Good, as well. Help me out then. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. So uh, here, here's what happens on LinkedIn. Um, usually, what happens is people go to uh, the polar sides the, of of the opposites. So the one, what you're talking about, is that really awkward conversation. I, I relate it as in like if if you're uh, at a party or something and you're trying to to flirt with someone, it's that really awkward. <laughs> so how are you? What's going on? <laughs> what are I'm you fine. doing here? And yeah, what's going on? Like, okay. And they're like, oh, what's the purpose? Like, why are you talking? It's it's really weird and awkward, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you enter in those conversations on LinkedIn, if you do get someone actually talking to you and engaging to you that way, what I've found is oftentimes when you move that into business, people still get annoyed because they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, we're just having a conversation and now you're wanting to go in business, you know. It's weird. It's awkward. Then Mm -hmm. you've got the other side of it where it's like the hunter. They're there Mm -hmm. just to slay their prey, you know? And those are the people like the first message is like, I'm awesome. This is what we do. You need us right now. Book in a call now. And it's like, why? Who are you? You know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Who are you? Whoa, back off, you know? So those are the two extremes that I see people having on there. What I say is you do need that balance. You need to have a balance where you're still professional and friendly, but you're still direct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, you know that there's a conversation. We're not on, uh, remember why people are on LinkedIn. They're in the frame of mind on business so that they know everyone's there to do business. So mm-hmm. let's get to the point. So what I always say to people is when you're, the, the key thing is that building the relationship at the beginning before you ever even message them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the key thing. Because if you can do that before you ever connect with them, then they know there's something there. You, you've already broken the ice with that. Mm-hmm. When you do message them, then just be direct, right? So one of the things that I do when, when I send out messages to people, I'll say something along the lines of, hey, my name is Jason. It's great, great to recently connect with you. I wanted to send something across to you that didn't come across as spammy. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I know you probably get spammed a lot like I do here on LinkedIn and also want to be direct with you as well. When you're able to communicate that straight away, one, when you're saying I don't want to be spammy, it lowers their guard because they're like, OK, they recognize their spam. They're not trying to be spammy 
and it just clears that out of the mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. When you're able to say, but I want to be direct with you, then people also appreciate that because you're also calling out kind of the elephant in the room of where are we going? What do we do? It's just, it's okay. okay they're going to be direct. And they realize that they've told me they're going to be that way. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And so I get a lot of messages. I've gotten a lot of messages from people on LinkedIn going, I thank you for just being direct. Now I'm not spammy. I'm not aggressive, but I'm just direct in what I do. And I do it in a friendly way because I've built up that relationship and I look at how I'm able to build value to them and see how we can work together and that's your framing right just again how would you have a normal conversation at a, at a business mm. networking meeting mm-hmm. face to face that's what you're wanting to do on linkedin so it's a great question because you don't want to be on those polar opposites you want to be in that middle ground and people really respect that as well mm. so not awkward trying to get a date and not hunter somewhere in the middle are you messaging people straight away as soon as they connect like you're sending the connection request, then someone accepts that. Does that message go straight out? No, no, um, I, I don't like that. And and most that's what people expect that now. And I mean that in a bad way, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they're expecting when people accept, when, when someone accepts a connection request, mm-hmm. you don't want to do that. Give it, give it a day or two days. But what you want to do, and this is what I always recommend to people, is once someone connects with you on LinkedIn, go in, because now that they're your first degree connection, go into their their profile, scroll down to the bottom where it says skills and endorsements, and endorse them for their top three skills, Mm -hmm. right? Now, I have a lot of people, oh, I don't even know them. How can I endorse them? That's not the point, Mm -hmm. right? You can read through their profile, but what you're doing is you're endorsing them for something. You're interacting with their profile. And when you do that, it shows up in their notifications on LinkedIn and Mm -hmm. it'll say Samantha Riley endorsed you for life coaching or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And people, people love that. Right. We love those dopamine hits of people endorsing Mm -hmm. us because most people don't have a lot of endorsements Mm -hmm. and, um, and all that sort of stuff. So when they do get that, they're like, Oh, wow. And, when that happens on the notifications, there's that little button where people can press it. And it's just an automatic reply that, that LinkedIn has for people where you can say, thank you for endorsing me. Mm. So we, you get a lot of those as well from people. And even when people add on to it, like, wow, thanks for endorsing me. I really appreciate it. Is there anything else I can do for you? Like there's a reciprocation play that happens. Mm. Mm -hmm. So when you're able to do that and they see that they've endorsed you now, when you message them, it seems more congruent, mm. right? It's the same way. Think about it like if you were at a networking event. If you walked up to somebody and you genuinely complimented them on something, like, hey, wow, I really like your hair, or wow, you know, those are great shoes, or man, I really like your suit, or whatever. Mm-hmm. What happens? The walls come, oh, thanks. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. It, it's the same thing. Like this isn't difficult, you know, when we actually think about it, mm-hmm. but um, it, that's what you're doing through those types of stuff. And then when you send that message, it's a much warmer conversation. Mm, love it. Love it. Love it. Why do I know that you actually, no, let's go here. You talked earlier about automation tools. Um, I'm not a lover of automation tools. I have tried them because I'm not a big believer in just blindly doing what people tell me. So I, I did, I'd have tried a couple for not very long. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your thought on automation tools? Cause you did bring it up earlier. 
Yeah, my, mine's similar to yours. Um, I think there's a place for automation on the right things. When we're looking at LinkedIn, though, the way that the only thing that an automation tool can do right now, and, and it may change in the future, is um, it can send connection requests out to your ideal prospects. Um, but it's it will only send out the connection message that you have in the tool. So if there's something that you come across and need to change it because maybe that profile doesn't quite fit, but you still want to reach out to them, an automation tool doesn't know that. So it's it's a, a, just a blanket coverage in its connection request it's sending out. And then what it does is, is once someone connects back with you, you can have a delay on it. So that could be an hour, it could be a day, it could be two days. But whatever that time frame is, then it just sends out a written message. It, mm-hmm. it can't send out a voicemail. It can't send out a video message. You can't do any of that. So there's no interaction with that. And what people were doing on, on these automation tools is they were literally just throwing mud up against the wall to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. And when you play that numbers game, you're, you're going to get leads. Mm-hmm. It, it's inevitable because if you're sending out 100, 200 messages or, or connection requests a day and then those messages – you're going to get people that come back, but you're, you get a lot of people and, and I've tested automation just like you have. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to test it. I need to know what's working and not working, mm-hmm. but, but I would get people back really annoyed. Yeah. Like, you know, it's spam. You're just another one of these people. And I'm like, I don't want to be that, that person, Yeah. you know? Yeah. So autumn, I don't recommend automation tools on the whole. Um, there are some ways that you can use things. Maybe with some of the, the connection requests being sent out, if it's really targeted, but once that goes away, like what, or once the connection request is made, a, an automation tool, in my opinion, is it's not great. It's mm-hmm. just not great. Mm-hmm. There's still ways you can scale what you do. So you're not having to do everything yourself. I, most of what I do on LinkedIn now, I don't do it. I have someone that does it for me. So you can still scale it, which you want to do. You don't want to be doing the day in and day of tasks every day. Mm-hmm. But the automation stuff, you're you're not going to be able to have that personal touch on the automation. It's mm. just nearly impossible. Totally, totally. No, I believe that you have a mini workshop to help people to really get clarity around their their LinkedIn strategy and so that they can start to bring in leads on LinkedIn. Can you tell us a little bit about you know what what we can learn in that um, and potentially how we can get access to that? Yeah, sure. So um, it's a, a course that I call, um, well, my company's Impact for Leads, and this is a LinkedIn mini course. And it just, it, it's the, the basics, kind of the foundation of what you need to know around LinkedIn to get started. And we go through some stuff around, again, a little bit deeper in, inside of the positioning of what you're doing on LinkedIn, some of the messaging, outreach, and how to do those things. Um, it's short and sweet. That's why it's a mini course, because I know people's time are busy. Mm. Um, so it's just kind of a taster of LinkedIn. In. Um, and then, of course, if people want to book in a call and learn a little bit more about working with me, then um, I'll explain how to do it on the mini course as well. But um, yeah, it's really easy to get. You just go to, to impactforleads.com and you can get it there. Absolutely. And as always, we'll have that in the show notes over at samantharily.global forward slash podcast. Jason, it's been great to chat with you today. I've really enjoyed it. I've learned lots of stuff that I hadn't known about before and I know my way around LinkedIn pretty well. So it's been great to chat with you. Um, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
It's been great to share another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab podcast with you. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes, the links from today's sponsors, and to download your detailed episode companion for the extensive notes and value bombs we shared today. And if you're looking to connect with other experts and changemakers just like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at samanthariley.global forward slash podcast.